0: Those things that are unknown before us, Father, that you know what comes, you know what is, you know what will be, and you're always watching, Father. You're always mindful, caring for us, leading by your spirit, Father. Help us to remember and be mindful of that, Father God. Give us strength. And Father, to thank you in all things, in all things. Be mindful of remembering your grace and your mercies, Father God. Thank you for this opportunity to share again to any that have an ear to hear the words, but listen to the message. And seek you, Father God. Seek you. Yahweh aman. Ashua aman. Barakitos aman. So, get comfortable. Buckle up. We're going to be traveling through some scriptures today. And some things that I'm quite certain are going to be, someone will find offense of. In, and that's okay because don't forget I don't care as long as I am sharing his truth the truth and only the truth I'm not going to bend so that it becomes an acceptable truth truth is truth And I only share what God gives me to share. I'm not going to bend it. I'm not going to try to fit it in so it's acceptable culturally or in societal thought process. Because that doesn't matter to me. What matters and only that it is acceptable to God. Because I've shared this with you before. There are some that will try to say that, oh, it's okay because it's just a little white lie and I didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I've shared this with you before. A lie is a lie, period. And the scripture is very clear. A lie is an abomination to God. And it doesn't make it okay because my truth is different than your truth or vice versa, or it is just a little white lie because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Well, then you need to quit being so lazy about it and you need to study on how to be more compassionate and addressing issues. Truth is truth, period. And what you might not realize, and remember when I use the term you, it's in generality. And if it doesn't apply to you, don't get your knickers all twisted up. If it doesn't apply to you, just let it go but I'm just sharing truth, okay, just sharing truth and learning how to apply and be compassionate is important. Jesus always told the truth, always told the truth. I hate to throw Peter under the bus, but let's use an example of lying, simply. When Peter was asked, said, hey, aren't you that guy? Yeah, I know who you are. You know him. You were with him. No, I wasn't. I don't know what you're talking about. You're mistaken. It must have been somebody else. Had been somebody that looked like me. Had been a doppelganger. Yeah, that's it. And then later on, hey, you know Jesus. You were with him. You're one of you're one of his followers. You're one of those uh, uh, disciple guys. Yeah, you're that's your teacher. No, 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 no. You're mistaken. And then finally, trying to stay warm on the cold, chill morning that they're looking to crucify Christ Jesus. I know you. You, you, you're that. Yeah, you're Peter. You used to be a fisherman and you're one of his students. You're, yeah. No, I told you. And then Peter gets angry and calls down curses. Because he denied the Lord. And then the cock crowed thrice. I will lay lay down my life for you. I will go with you to the end. I will die for you. Peter, 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 before the cock crows three times, you will deny, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter had lied, then he lied, and then he lied again and became so obsessed and angry because he didn't want to be taken. And then he was so embittered with himself that he took himself outside the city walls and threw himself down and wept bitterly. Because Christ Jesus, who loved him, told him that he would. So brothers and sisters, I share that with you because when you lie... The example given, and and though the lies that Peter told were similar, yet not. But this is what happens when you lie. You have to tell a lie, to tell a lie, to tell a lie, to cover up the previous lie, to reinforce the previous lie. And it's all an abomination to God. There's not anything good coming from it. Except more lying, more deceit, and more bending to what? To fit in? I'm old, I'm odd, and truth is truth. Everything else doesn't matter. God's validation is what matters. And you've heard me say it oft times. I just don't care. You want to get upset about it. You don't want to listen anymore. I'm very sorry for that. I would love for you to continue. But what matters to me is that I'm about my father's business and that's all that matters. If it upsets you, that's unfortunate, but that's your choice. And as the talk used to say centuries ago, don't make your problem my problem. and in my studies that I have done before for their belief, I came upon this really fine piece of literature, this very fine example. I need to find it. I'm sure it's in my collection somewhere. But it's the native peoples, they wrote about these things that Jesus wrote about, but they didn't have any missions. They didn't have any missionaries coming to them. But they were writing about scriptural things without any missionary selves. Where do you suppose that came from? Hmm. So now my question comes up Who knows best? You or our Heavenly Father? And that was uh, many years ago when I was younger, much younger, way younger. There was a it was a television show, uh, and it was called Father Knows Best. And he was everybody came to to dad because he had that worldly knowledge and wisdom, and he shared. And kids would get in a jam and they went to father because father knew best. Have we forgotten that? I mean, this is a place where I went with my earthly father. He was, uh, wow. And I don't think I ever told him once. My earthly father was was a hero. Can you hear me now? My father survived things that would be a nightmare to most. And the Lord brought him through because the Lord had plans for him as the Lord has plans for me. My Heavenly Father does indeed know best. And some of the issues and things that I've been going through and why I have my service dogs for the emotional stress that I had and sometimes still um, that thing called PTSD comes from where it all starts. When you... When you have people die in your arms and you have people all around you die and you have those that you work with that were very close to you die and you weren't there to, (laughs) somehow with a super cape that you don't wear, think that you were gonna make everything different and better and somehow it was going to be all good if you were there. It doesn't work that way, and Father knows best. Although I might try to figure out with my finite mind, which is what it drove me to. It drove me into that place that we have a label now that we put on it, and many people don't get it, especially with the military. They make an issue of it with school children and things that happen, but you have military people to the tune of 22 members of service veterans, men and women, 22 a day, They commit suicide because societal parameters don't allow for them. They don't listen to them. They make believe that they're invisible. And they take their own lives because of things that many of you wouldn't understand. But my father knew best and he knew. I need to stop trying to figure it out with my finite mind, which is why I ended up. But he, he was with me. I mean, he brought my he brought my companions to me, knowing that their physicality and their presence would be a comfort, because he knew that I wasn't ready to begin walking with him, and I wasn't. I pretended to be. I spoke a good game. But I wasn't ready. I was one of those. Label head. Self-proclaimed. I was. Of that ilk. And I'm so glad I'm not there. Because when I practice the presence of God. It's so. Beautiful, and he has brought me and shared with me and has given this platform to me to be able to do this thing. He brought my earthly father out of the things that he was in and now being involved in this that the way I did i I see I can look back and see and understand see back in back in those days that it was not a public thing. My father had no one to share with he had no one that could understand and then later on I had learned that my my other brother who was also in the Marines and who had been through some pretty horrendous stuff found that they had shared conversation together. Because they could understand what the other one was talking about. But the important thing that we have to remember is that God knows. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, knows. He watches and he knows. So when we come to him, We bring it to the throne of grace, the altar of prayer, and we bring it before him. And he does know, he does hear, and he does care and listen and love us. But remember that he gave us a free will choice. We must choose to do that thing. We need to let go with our finite minds because we don't know about things that come at a distance. We don't know what comes around a corner or the next bend in the road, but our Father in heaven does. He's both been, seen, and is with us whithersoever we go. And he tells us that. He promises that so that we don't be discouraged. We don't be dismayed. He is with us always. Promises to be and is. So we have to be able to let go with our finite mind because that's the problem that, that we have. Is that we hold on to these things. And this is, this is a really, really important thing to know is that the devil loves for that. He loves for us to do it. He loves for us to try to figure out with our finite mind, and he likes to get in there and kick the dust around, and he loves for us to try to do that. And I'm going to share with you here, and this is, um, I've shared this before with you, not this particular scripture, but I've shared with you before about these theological wizards that think that they've got all the answers and they know best. And they have decided that you have lesser prophets and greater prophets simply because you've got some of these men that Wrote one letter, and that's it. So they they have decided to call them a lesser prophet. Well, the problem that I have, well, not really a problem. But the issue that I take with that is that these are prophets of God. They speak specific words from God, directed from God, Rema, directly from God to them to share specifically with either the nation or specific person or people. So, as God chose to use them, how does that make them a lesser prophet because they didn't write a whole bunch of papers and notes? And who decided that? So, is that because our Heavenly Father knows best? Or these... Theological wizards they think they know best we need to stop trying to establish our thought process and being that which heaven operates on and God operates on then work the Bible is full of the mysteries of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Remember I shared that thing the Greeks call it the intertwining of the triune spirits, of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's also what is used to describe a, uh, and actually Jamie shared this in a, a sermon one Sunday. Uh, it's a dance. And you have three of them, but when they are moving in unity and unison on the stage, you can't tell that there's three people dancing. You can't tell. They get involved in these pirouettes and these different moves and, and you can't tell that there's three different individuals there. It, they're moving as one, which is what the Greeks call called and this is what Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And this is one of the mysteries about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And man said oh and you've had <laughs> i'm going to pick on the theological wizards again they have decided that that's not possible they have decided with their finite mindset that it's not possible for that to happen so these supposed um and this is why i try to try to emphasize with you before is that theology doesn't mean it's all about the bible and scripture It just means that they study all these different philosophies and then they decide, they, speaking of man, mammon, they have decided with their finite mindset on how to sort it out. And then they start writing these books and they have their little degree that the college gave them on this nice fancy piece of uh, rice paper or, uh, you know, it's got gold filigree on it and maybe signed even with gold ink, but with a, a signature that's so scrawled, it's worse than many physicians. And, and that gives them this authority that they have to decide what's correct in the Bible, what's believable, what's acceptable. They don't have that authority. they have taken that upon themselves and given themselves that authority just like the Pharisees did. But God's prophet Habakkuk, this is one that you don't hear too often and it's just before the New Testament. Habakkuk. Habakkuk wrote Three chapters very short, but he's still a prophet of God. And he spoke directing this to the nation, and he was crying out Habakkuk two twenty, the Lord in his holy is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. This is actually very important because this is something that actually I I used to do, and many of us will fall into this. We walk right along the edge of that pit, and we step off into it, and we fall in there, and then we start going to God with complaints, always with complaints. God fix this, God fix that, God this, God that, God this, that. I've shared this with you before. God does not function as a complaint department in a big old... uh Shopping mall or a great big department store. That's not what God does. God doesn't function a complaint department. And I'm sure he probably his ears probably hurt from so many that get and think that they're going to complain to God about things, and He's just going to snap His fingers and it's all going to go away. It, It doesn't happen that way, brothers and sisters. I live a consequential life because God didn't just snap his fingers and everything became beautiful. I mean, he can, he can do that. And my faith in my Lord, my God, my heavenly father tells me that it can be done, but that's not his will to be done. And remember what I've shared with you. And we should probably recite this prayer daily. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever God's will is, that's what we must adhere to. Not deciding that, well... What's up with God? He didn't fix that dent in the fender because I didn't follow the detour that he was taking me on. I went the wrong way and I ran into something I should that should I shouldn't have because I was where I shouldn't have been. And somehow that's God's responsibility. Because you decided to ignore it. And because we don't see evidence of God working, then we become puzzled and and try to decipher what's going on and figure it out in our finite mind, and we can't do that. And and we do that because we have a very strong tendency to come to the wrong conclusions. We come up with the wrong answers. 99.9% of the time we might Totally without providence and just come up with something correct, but that happens so not very often. So we tend to assume that because we can't see God and we can't always see what he wants because we have, we in our finite mind, we try to have him working on our time schedule. We have him clocking in at our plant time clock. God doesn't work that way. God is God. He is sovereign. He is our heavenly father. Brothers and sisters, need I remind you, go to Genesis one one, read the first chapter of Genesis. He said, and it was so, and he saw that it was good. Then he said, and it was so, and he saw that that was good. Then he said again, and you go through and there are about a dozen places where he said, and simply by his word, Simply by his word, it was done, it was made, and it was so. And God saw that it was good. And his spirit moved upon the face of the deep before day came when the waters were still dark. And he was wandering into the spirit was here. But in the finite mind, and Habakkuk too, being a good man, a goodly man, and a man of God, he was concerned, and he cried out to God. And he asked him, he said, oh Lord, how long shall I cry, and that wilt not hear. And actually David cried out that very same thing. But in Habakkuk 2 and 20, I'm going to head over there. I do you have it marked? In Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple that ought let all the earth keep silent before him. And this is what Habakkuk came into realization. Because before then, he had been crying out to God about all these things that were going on and all these terrible things that he was seeing and the vanity of man. And he's crying out because of all the, the vanity of man and everything that's going on with the people of the nation. And we can find that in Habakkuk 1, 15 through 17. They take up all of them with the angle. They catch them in their net and gather them in their drag. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they sacrifice unto their net and burn incense unto their drag because they... By them, their portion is fat and their meat plentous. Shall they therefore empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nations. What Habakkuk is speaking to there is the vanity of self-worship for those that have And they ignore everything else around and they're just getting everything that they want and making themselves. uh, There's a term that was used when I was younger. I don't, I've never heard of it, fat and sassy. So you just get and get and get and get and and take and take and take and take and you have these strange things that you wear and buy. And then you just parade around as if everything is all about you, fat and sassy. Vanity of self-worship. And we need to read in Habakkuk 1, 4 through 9. It's very important. And it's very important here. I want to share something here. And because I shared with you before about the breath of God. And we see it in several ways and and described it in Genesis and Exodus. And when the locusts came into Egypt, and then when they were taken out of Egypt, when God changed and drove them out by His, by the breath of God, and drove them completely out so there was not a locust in the land of Egypt. And they were talking about uh, east winds and west winds, and, and when I was younger, uh, we would call things uh, that that was a direct wind change that altered that altered things. We call it the wind of change. In Habakkuk one nine, they shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity. As the sand. Biblically speaking. As the prophets talk about. And and these scriptures. I've shared with you before. The east wind is that wind of change. And generally when the wind comes from the east. It's warm. And heated. And it's. Generally not a good thing. So you get caught up in this vanity. You get caught up in your self-righteousness. You forget about everything else. And it's all about self. This is what Habakkuk is. I'm sharing in Habakkuk there in, in 15 through 17. David also penned several of these things in his Psalms. If we go to the book of Psalms, which I'm going to do right now, and we go to uh, Psalm 101, actually. Oh, pardon me, missed that marker. Sorry about that. In Psalm 101. It's important that you read this thing in its entirety, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a couple verses that I highlighted here. But read Psalm one oh one. And he taught No, I'm just gonna go ahead and read it. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing? I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart, remember I've shared that word with you before, those are the ones who specifically, intentionally speak contrary to that which is correct or righteous or against the law. They they do so willfully, and purposefully against. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look with a proud heart will not I suffer. Doesn't want to be around him. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. They that may dwell with me, he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Righteous fellowship is what David's talking about. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land and that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. David's a king. He doesn't want him around. He doesn't want him to be anywhere in and about that that he governs. He doesn't like liars and deceit and those that purposefully and willfully look. And that is, he looks for righteous fellowship. And remember this, brothers and sisters, when we look into uncertainty, and instead of filling prayers with woeful complaints and wants, it's important that we are still and know the Hashim, Lord thy God is ever watchful and is mindful of our needs. He is always watchful and always mindful of our needs. And this is where sometimes we have a problem. Oftentimes have a problem. Is that we have difficulty in figuring out what is our need And what is our want? We think it's the same, but it's not the same. God knows. God knows. In Psalm 3, David is writing when he is actually fleeing from his son. And he is speaking very much like Habakkuk. And he's talking about those things that have befallen him and those things that are going on. We find in Psalm eight, the thing that we ought to be concerned with mostly and not those things that are bad or woeful that we find and that we cry out to God for, oh God, what about this or what about that? God does not operate a complaint department. Psalm 8, 3 through through 9. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visited him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. That's what we should be focusing on. And that is our decoration, not the, oh, woe is me, poor, poor, pitiful me. Get off the pity pot. We find David writes in Psalm 13 is almost identical to what Habakkuk was speaking of. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever, how long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take Counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily, how long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, lighten mine eyes lest I sleep, the sleep of death, lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Yeah, we have issues. We have things going on. And we think that here they come. They're coming to take me away. Coming to take me away. uh Coming to take me away. Oh, ho. But why are you looking down there? I used to do that thing. I used to go to the complaint department. And then the spirit talked to me and spoke to me and said, hold on here a second. You're, You're the warrior class. Why are you there? Your Lord, your God walks with you. He talks with you. He goes before you in a cloud by day, a pillar of fire at night. You lay down at night and you rest because He is with you. And He is that peace that passeth all understanding. And he is always with me. In Psalm 14, pardon me, I think I pulled that marker before I should have. I did. Sorry about that. And Psalm 14, 1 and, and 2. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. I share this with you all the time if you have a have an ear and you're hearing what I'm speaking you hear the words but listen to the message go to his word and seek his face seek after his truth his knowledge and wisdom and see if I do not share that same thing with you i already told you i'm not going to bend so that i fit in with the parameters established by society and everything else in the world, it doesn't work that way for me. It's by God's word and his word only. And that is all I will share with you is truth. Might be offensive to some. Well, at the sound of being obstinate and contrite and looking for confrontation. It is that. I just don't care in the manner that man cares. I care spiritually because what I'm sharing with you is the opportunity to know truth, know God, accept that Christ is our Savior and that it is by his grace that he came to sanctify us. He came to sanctify which means to make holy. He didn't come and wait out for you to become holy so that he could save you because It has nothing to do with what you've done or what you think you've earned. It's all by His grace. All by Him. Period. And that's the truth in the Word of God. And what does David say right here? The fool has said in his heart, There is no God, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Think about it. You look at them. They tell you that there's no God. or try to tell you that it's all about you. And then what do you do? You just keep taking, 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 taking. You do that which is not acceptable. And everything's good for you. And not for anybody else. And I shared this with you from Isaiah, and, and you all you have to do is you just look around you and see if these words are not holding true and ringing truth today in isaiah five eight through 12, 20 through twenty four woe well, unto them that join house to house they field to field till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. And I see this now. And and I was thinking about this scripture the other day, and I was sharing with somebody that I was with. Uh, Verse 9, in mine ears said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. So... There was a place that I knew that was very close to where I was living and it was very my heart hurt because of this a developer came in and got permits from the uh, <laughs> from the city council it was a protected land and it was actually a it was supposed to be a sanctuary uh, for the migratory path of monarch butterflies and it was beautiful because you used to be able to go there and the monarchs when they migrated would come in and I actually got to stand in the midst of a monarch cyclone. Oh man, it was powerful, it was beautiful, and I was I was just so thankful to God. And and this is even before I was walking with God as I should be, as I am. I was mindful to the fact that God did this. And they came down in this this massive swarm and they were just all around me. It was I could hardly see beyond the butterflies the people that were all there and, and they were all just sitting around and just admiring this beauty. Well, the developer came in and they started building all these homes and it was a gated community and people in the area couldn't afford the price of these homes. So many of them stood stood empty and what the council finally did is they did a good good thing, which which pleased me, is that they, made the developer carry the penalty for all the houses that stood empty. They had to pay everything until the houses were sold and somebody moved into them. And this is a gated community and there were, oh goodness gracious, 20, 30 of these great big, huge homes. They were massive homes, but what was really pathetic was, and I shared the zero property line with you before, they were big old homes and it looked really great to have all these big homes in there and, And it looked kind of nice from a distance, but a zero property line, the side of the neighbor's garage was the fence line to the other one's yard. That's called a zero property line. And they were massive homes and they were put in there like that and they stood empty. I remember when they finished building them and opened up and people first started moving in, there were maybe four or five out of the 20 some homes that were, I think there were 26 homes they built in there. And only five of them have an occupant. The rest of them were empty. And they stood empty for several years. And I never, in the time that I was living, never saw a moving truck move anybody new in there. Wow. Wow. And then we jump over to 20 through 24. And if that's not happening today, goodness. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay as long as you don't hurt anybody. Oh, it's okay to lie. You're just not gonna, we just don't wanna hurt their feelings. My goodness gracious. And Isaiah speaks further to those things that are going on in the nation. And he said, "Hear ye now, House of David, is it a small thing for you to worry men? but will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now, Isaiah was speaking here. This is some almost 700 years before the birth of Christ. The Lord himself will give you a sign. And we see further in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. This is a very important scripture here, very important. And this is what's very important about our Lord. For unto us a child is born. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the word of God, the truth and prophecy of Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to back up and I'm going to read verse 5 because this is what's going on in the land now. You see before this. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. So completely contrary to the way of God or the word of God. And you look around and you see these things that are going on now. It's all confused. Nobody knows what's going to. Does anyone really know what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, anything at all? Now we don't hear about it anymore or rarely ever. There's so much stuff going on. It was a big to-do for a bit. Everybody was talking about it. And now nobody's talking about it. Is Russia completely taken over the Ukraine? Is Ukraine finally kicked them out? Eh, nobody cares anymore. Confusion, separation, derision, derisiveness. Matthew one twenty three, Behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a the son that shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted in God with us. The prophets speak of these things seven hundred years before. Matthew shares with us. Well, it's really important for things to remember. And Paul writes to us and now has us to remember things that are important. We find in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul shares with us, and we need to remember this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We are all called. Might be anointed differently, but God calls us. If you are a true believer and follower of the truth, We don't look in past with regret, remorse, which then gets us to step into resentment, anger, agitation. That's exactly where the devil wants you to be. Wants you to be there. Wants you to get caught up in all of that. And Paul reminds us in Philippians 4, Four through nine, very important. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, let your meditation, moderation be known unto all men. And the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. That translates to anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Supplication are those prayers that are needful and mindful of those things that you come to God that are asked for righteously. Not a complaint department. You're bringing forth righteous righteous supplication. Pray for them. And you pray intercessory prayer on behalf of others. That's the way our prayers should be. And remember, I've shared this with you before, is that God saves us. The prayers of the saints he keeps in golden vials, because they're a sweet savor to his nostrils. He loves the smell. They're sweet. They're like a sweet incense. Further in verse seven, in the peace of God which passeth all understanding. So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
1: Remember, I shared this
0: with you. It doesn't matter what your intellectual prowess is. the, the, The weakest link and the one that gets us in most trouble is our thoughts, our minds. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And don't forget, for by him this is in Colossians one, sixteen and seventeen. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. And that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. This is the word of the Lord. And by his authority, all things are held together. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers, going out and coming in every day, every day. And we have to remember, keep in mind that God reigns. God is sovereign and he reigns. I love that song, this is by the, uh, I believe it's King and Country. It's a beautiful song. Remember, I don't get, I don't get anything from them for sharing their names. I don't, they don't pay me for stuff. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, anyway, they don't. I just mentioned because I love the song. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's not them. It's the Newsboys. You, he reigns. It's a beautiful song. It's a declaration of the Lord God and that he reigns. And I love the part of the verse where it says "It all the powers of darkness, they tremble at what they hear. They tremble on, on the voice and what the choir sings, that he reigns. So brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers, my going out, my coming in every day. Be blessed.